Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I've always been obsessed with work. Ever since I was a kid, I saw my dad getting up earlier than everyone else in our home, put on his tie, and drive off to work, only coming back way after dark exhausted. Those were the moments when I noticed the bags under his eyes and the way his back hurt from slouching at his desk for hours trying to get the computer to work. I never wanted to be like him. Before I continue, remember to like and subscribe. It really helps us out. I didn't want to be like him, but... On the path to avoid his life, I became worse than him. See, my dad worked because he needed to support his family. I worked because I was obsessed with power and money. I woke up every day, took a freezing cold shower, had two cups of coffee, and headed to work, speeding down the street as if I wasn't always half an hour early. It was on one of these days that it happened. Vivian, I told you a dozen times, I don't care if it's Martha's birthday. She's fired. I shouted to my secretary on the phone. I was already upset before even getting to work because my car wouldn't start and I had to walk all the way to the office. I was crossing the street when I felt a sudden impact. My phone flew out of my hand and I heard a car screeching off before my head hit the pavement and everything went black. I don't remember the ride in the ambulance. I don't remember the sirens. I only know because I've been told. I was out cold for months. When I woke up, I thought I was dreaming. I was in a hospital bed. How did I get here? I asked myself. I was lying down. I tried to speak, but my throat was dry as a desert. I tried to get up, but someone in a white coat rushed to my side and made me lean back down. He's up, the woman told someone else in the room. I then heard the door open, and after two seconds, a lot of people came rushing in. I was surrounded. Marty, thank God you're okay. My mom cried into my neck as she hugged me. Somehow, her hugs had gotten tighter and her hair grayer. It used to be pitch black, but suddenly she had gray hairs here and there. Why? My dad was also there. He said, good to have you back, son. He tried to push down his emotions as he always did, but I saw a few tears welling up in his eyes. My mom and dad stepped back as my siblings came forward, my sister immediately jumping to my neck. Ow! I complained, still sore from whatever had happened. You don't get to complain. I missed my little brother, she said. 
My brother just stood in the background. We were never close, but everyone else was so worked up and he was just serious. When my family calmed down, the doctor explained everything to me. You were hit by a car, and your body was already so weak that it took great damage, she said. You've been in a coma for three months. I was in absolute shock. How often do you get told that you spent three months of your life asleep? Or that your choices have debilitated your body potentially beyond repair? They said the stress, the high amounts of caffeine, the lack of sleep, the lack of exercise, all of these had left my body weak. Getting hit by a car completely destroyed me. The next thing the doctor told me made my world crumble before my eyes. We estimate that you have about a month left to live, Mr. Davis, she said, as if she didn't just shatter my existence. She explained that my body wasn't healing well, that they tried everything they could, but nothing worked, that my body was crumbling from the inside, and there was nothing that I could do. They asked me if I wanted further treatment, if I wanted to stay in the hospital and try even more procedures to try to fix myself. But for the first time in my life, I gave up. I had no control, and all I wanted was to leave that damned hospital. As soon as I stepped outside, or actually limped outside, I felt like I could breathe. I called my secretary, Vivian. It was around 2 in the morning, but I knew she'd pick up. She always did. An hour later, I picked up Vivian at her apartment. It was a tiny little building that seemed to be falling apart. She was carrying a suitcase, and she got into the passenger seat. She kept asking me where we were going and why I wasn't answering any of her questions. I gave her short answers, not wanting to explain just yet. I could tell she was getting frustrated. We had been on the highway for like 20 minutes when she grabbed the steering wheel from me and drove us off the road. What are you doing? Are you crazy? I screamed. Are you? Explain what's going on now, she screamed back. She had never talked to me like that before. I was taken aback. Before I knew it, I was pulling at my hair, screaming. I'm dying, I screamed. I threw the car door open and stepped out. My knees buckled as I did so. I just wanted to fall to the ground and scream. Vivian got out of the car and demanded to know what was happening. Vivian, I'm dying. I have a month to live. I've wasted my life, I screamed. I was breaking down. Every emotion I had felt from the moment I woke up came out at once. I wasn't happy when I woke up. I wasn't sad when I was told what happened, and I didn't cry when the doctor told me I had a month to live. Now, everything I felt started bursting out, and my world came crashing down. I was kneeling on the desert ground, violently shaking, when I felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned around and saw Vivian looking sympathetic. What can I do? She asked in a soft voice, much softer than earlier. Can you please just come with me? I want to travel. I want to live before it's over, I said. She thought about it for a second, but then... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
and she nodded. I mean, she didn't have much to do at work if her boss was gone anyways, and that's how our little vacation began. We circled the places we wanted to go on a map. We drove around listening to music and we bought food at gas stations. But Vivian always made me get fruit and water, not just chips and soda. I didn't want to, but she made me stop at different restaurants to have a proper meal. We stayed at many little hotels on our way to towns or landmarks when both of us were too tired to drive. It was embarrassing at first that she had to help me move around. I was still weak, so she grabbed my arm while going upstairs or if we had to walk a bit more than usual. One night, we were really tired, so we pulled up to a roadside motel. It was the only one for miles, and it was pretty much full. All they could give us was a room with two beds, not two separate rooms like we always got. Instead of going down to dinner in the restaurant next door, we ordered our food to go and took it up to our room. We each sat in our bed and watched different shows while we ate. We both laughed a lot, and then we made popcorn in the microwave and watched a movie. How can this be your favorite movie? It's so cheesy, she laughed at me. It's my comfort movie, I laughed back. She then started telling me how she never really watched cheesy movies growing up because she grew up only around boys who liked cowboy films or superhero movies. My home was a mess growing up. It was always full of toys and whatever equipment that went with the sports we were into at the time. I always played rugby though, she told me. I was impressed. We spent the rest of the evening talking from our individual beds and I was telling her about a teacher I hated when I was in school when I heard her snoring. Her snores were really cute. Don't get me wrong, they were loud as hell and she kind of sounded like a pig, but somehow I found them cute. I leaned towards the lamp and turned it off. The next morning, we were closer. That night made us bond even more than the days before, maybe because we talked about our families for the first time. Our smiles were fading though. The day when we'd have to go back home was approaching. The car ride back to the city was quiet. We listened to music and chatted a bit, but we didn't talk or joke around like before. As soon as I dropped her off at home, I drove to the hospital. I needed to check myself back in so they could run tests and check my vitals. I felt stronger when traveling with Vivian, but I always told myself it was the adrenaline of not going to work. When I checked myself back in, almost everyone I knew came to visit. The last to leave was my brother. He always stayed in the back of the crowd, frowning. I told myself that it was because, just like my dad, he didn't want to show his emotions. But I stopped believing this when I heard him talking to Vivian. I was taking a nap in my hospital bed when voices outside my room woke me up. I couldn't quite hear what they were saying, but it was a man and a woman, and the woman was definitely Vivian. I could recognize that voice anywhere. I slowly stepped out of bed, grabbing my IV stand almost as a cane. I limped towards the door, making as little noise as possible, and put my ear against it. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. That car should have killed him, said my brother. What a waste of money. Mom and dad's precious little boy is still alive, and I'm still broke. I heard him kick something after he said that. Vivian was quiet now, but I had heard her talking before. I was so angry. Why didn't she say anything? Why didn't she defend me? Was she in on it? I limped back to my bed and laid down again. I didn't know what to do. Should I ask her what that was about? It sounded like my brother hired someone to hit me with that car. Did she know about it? I didn't know if I could trust her. All I knew was that I couldn't trust him. Vivian then came into the room and sat by my bed. She tried to make small talk, but I gave her short answers and then turned the TV on to show her I didn't feel like talking. She looked hurt. Fine, she said, grabbing her bag and strutting out the door. I almost called her back. The next day, my family and Vivian came back to get the test results. 
My doctor came in and smiled when she saw all of us looking at her like little kids looking at a chocolate bar. His body is recovering, she said. He's going to be just fine. My mom almost fainted when she heard this. My dad had to hold her up. We were all ecstatic. I felt like I was forgiven. Two days later, I was a free man. My family was waiting in the parking lot while my dad grabbed my stuff and I limped to the car. My brother was there, frowning as always, and that's when I decided to let everyone know the truth. You haven't told them, Jack? I asked. What? He asked back. That you hired that car to hit me. You wanted it to kill me so you could take my job, I spat. My family turned to face him. His eyes were... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Darting back and forth, and then I saw his hands turning into fists and he started running at me full speed. I was about to jump out of the way when Vivian came out from behind my sister and tackled him to the floor. He rolled around in pain while my sister called someone to restrain him. Told you I played rugby? Vivian chuckled at me. Vivian, you traitor! My brother sneered. Vivian crouched down next to him and said, Your brother is actually a lovely man. What makes you think I'd be willing to do him harm? We had a deal! My brother shouted at her, clutching his stomach. Deal's off, replied Vivian. You're sick. I felt something warm in my chest. I don't know what came over me, but I pulled her close and hugged her. She was stiff at first, from surprise, but then she hugged me back, and I felt like my heart was bursting. I had another shot at life, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do first. I wanted to do whatever was necessary for Vivian to love me, and I started by asking her on a date. <laughs> 